Coming in October, an all-new 365-day prayer devotional from Sarah Young. Scripture-based daily prayers to bring you closer to Him. Free sample at JesusCalling.com. Christianity was just always a huge part of our life, and I think such a helpful tool to go into a business like music. I think if you are not based with strong roots and faith, it's a much harder business to be in. And so, you know, I think with all the different things that you're faced with out there in this world today, especially having faith and being able to stay grounded and just talk to the Lord every day about the different things that you have to deal with is so important and I know has been a huge part of keeping me away from the negative side of things as much as possible, you know? Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Being raised in a faith-steeped environment can provide rich soil in which we can plant ourselves, allowing us to grow tall and firm and confident in the good news of the gospel. But remaining steadfast in faith comes with a heaven-sent assignment to share it with others. That doesn't mean, however, we should push ourselves to the brink of burnout. It's a careful balance of stewarding our mission well and caring for our loved ones and ourselves. Our guests this week, rodeo queen and music artist Joni Harms and entrepreneur coach Jennifer Allwood, share how their roots of faith have given them the ability to face their fears and follow their hearts. First up, Joni Harms shares about her experiences growing up on an Oregon ranch that was homesteaded by her great-great-grandfather and how that rich family legacy, including a deep love of music, helped form her into the woman and performer she'd one day become. Joni reflects on her career as a musician and rodeo queen, including a scary period of her life when she was diagnosed with breast cancer and how she turned to Jesus Calling to find strength to get through it. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Joni Harms, and I come from a little town in Oregon called Candy, where my great-great-grandfather homesteaded in 1872. We have had a ranch there all this time. It was quite an adventure that my great-great-grandfather took off on from Germany, came over on a boat, and it was just after the Oregon Trail. He found this little spot of heaven out there in Oregon, claimed 150 acres, and we still have the signed deed from Chester Arthur, who was president for a very short time at that period, saying that uh, that was his property, and I presently live out there with my husband and my two kids, and it's a wonderful place to call home when I'm on the road as much as I am. I go back there, and I can really feel the roots walking around on that soil. I feel I am really home. Uh, We've raised just about everything at one time or the other through the years. And right now it's a cattle ranch that my son Luke is taking over for us. And we raise a cow-calf operation with uh, hay and wheat that we raise there. And it's just a, a wonderful spot to be that inspires a lot of the songs that I write. My brother Buck is 10 years older than I am and my sister Chris is 11 years older. And so when I came along... And they were at a stage in their life where they were able to spend more time with me because things had slowed down a little more. And my whole family was very musical from get-go. My brother plays just about anything he can pick up, just like my dad, on any instrument. My sister and my mom were good on piano, and we all sang. And so it was just kind of uh, something I was expected to do when I came along to join in. And so I learned harmony at a young age and performed at my first rodeo, the Malala Buckaroo in Malala, Oregon, at five. 
I uh, sang for a big group of cowboys there that were lodging at my aunt's house. She had a big, big, you know, several-story house, and so a lot of the cowboys stayed there because there wasn't a lot of hotels or motels. She'd always make all this food, and everybody would come gather around. So then she said, Joni, you need to sing for the cowboys. And so I course didn't have really much of a nervous bone in my body I loved to loved to sing from the day one and sang Cowboys Sweetheart and Ragtime Cowboy Joe and all those kind of things and oh they they loved it and so I was bitten by the entertainment bug right then and there and have pretty much pursued it ever since I remember as a little girl, about the same time I was at the Malala Buckaroo performing for those cowboys at five years old, we went to the rodeos, and I remember watching the rodeo queen make her run at the very beginning of the rodeo, flying around the arena at top speed on a beautiful horse, waving at the audience, and I always thought, oh my goodness, what I want to do when I get a little bigger is play country music and be a rodeo queen. And by golly, I was lucky enough to make both of those dreams come true. As a young girl, it was just very seldom that we would miss church. If, if we did, it was because, you know, Dad had too much hay to cut and there was rain on its way and we had to do something on the farm that related to that. But even then, we would still have devotions, which is one of the reasons I love the Jesus Calling book so much because sometimes we didn't have a lot of time to dedicate to the Lord each day, but we would always pray, we would always have some sort of little devotions, and then, as I said, on Sundays, do a lot of singing and harmony, and really, really enjoy, just had the most wonderful feeling, you know, when we could just sing gospel songs together as a family, and other people, if we had folks over that maybe didn't sing or play, they still seemed to love to listen and enjoy the music. When I first started writing songs around 10 or 11 years old, they were mostly about my horse or my dog. And I remember I wrote one for my mom on Mother's Day and a few things like that. But uh, having the opportunity in the late 80s to be signed by Mr. Jimmy Bowen to Capitol Records, actually it was Universal MCA at the time, and then being introduced to a lot of the Nashville songwriters, I had never co-written before that happened. And so I learned about song structure. I learned that the song should not be much more than three minutes long. I learned that the hook and the chorus is something you want to be able to grab your listener's attention with right off the bat. And so taking that and then putting the ideas that I had from my years growing up on the farm and all the different traveling with rodeo and just my faith as well, putting all that together was really, really, really wonderful for me to be able to do that. I started really more than ever getting to know that what I was saying through my music wasn't just a message that made me happy to sing about. It was really reaching and touching other people. And I thought, what a rewarding feeling this is. Christianity was just always a huge part of our life. And um, I think such a helpful tool to go into a business like music. I think if you are not based with strong roots and faith, it's a much harder business to be in. And so, you know, I think with all the different things that you're faced with out there in this world today, especially having faith and being able to stay grounded and just talk to the Lord every day about the different things that you have to deal with is so important and I know has been a huge part of keeping me away from the negative side of things as much as possible, you know? 
I'm not a huge reader. I am such a busy person, always thinking I have a million things to do. And on a ranch, there are always a million things to do. You have lots of animals to take care of, got kids to take care of. I pretty much take care of my business, a lot of it myself, booking the shows that I do. So there's always lots of things to do. That's one of the things I love about Jesus Calling is because it doesn't take that long to have a few moments with Jesus every morning when I'm having my cup of coffee. When I went in to have my mammogram four years ago, I took a copy of Jesus Calling with me. I don't know why. I really must have been the Lord speaking to me then too. And I went in and I uh, had the test and the, the photo, you know, the mammogram done. And they said, well, just go in this little booth. And I went in and I sat in there for a few minutes and then she came back and she said, I'm sorry, I can't let you go yet. We need to do another little test here and come back in. Let's let's we need a couple more pictures first. And something I just got this just awful feeling in my gut. And I went in there and we did the other pictures and I fought back the tears because I just had this feeling and I was praying, 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 but then I went back to that little cubicle again. And sat in there for over a half an hour, and thank goodness I had the Jesus Calling book with me. And I read that and prayed and read that and prayed the whole time I was waiting. Then I had to go in and have the biopsy, which is not a pleasant experience by any means. And it really helped to have that with me because, I mean, I, I, I could pray, but I also, you know, there was just, and it seemed like I was reading the right passages and the right messages that were helping me through this horrific experience that I was going through. I've had the opportunity to go speak to some other cancer patients, breast cancer patients, and I even went in and um, went to the chemo lab treatment area right about the time I was doing the article for Women's World magazine on that, and I went in and just sang for them and talked to them about, you know, you can get through this. I did. Uh, one of the songs I sang was That's Faith in There, and lots of tears, lots of people afterwards asking, you know, well, tell me more. How did you get through it? What? And I said, you know, just really trusting in the Lord to take care of you. I feel like God has called me to be more of a person that gets out there and helps take some of that pressure off of some of these other people just by being calm, wearing a smile, maybe having a special song to share with them that might take a little of the load off and make them realize things are not so bad. Every day is a gift that we're given. It's how we use it and what we do with it that is the most important. And I think, you know, going through my breast cancer experience, even though I always felt that, maybe even brought that to my attention even more, that, you know, we, we, really, we really have a gift and we can be or do anything we want. Here's a passage from Jesus Calling on March 15th that I absolutely love. It goes, Listen to the love song that I am continually singing to you. I take great delight in you. I rejoice over you with singing. The voices of the world are a cacophony of chaos pulling you this way and that. Don't listen to those voices. Challenge them with my word. Learn to take many breaks from the world, finding a place to be still in my presence and listen to my voice. There is an immense hidden treasure to be found through listening to me. Though I pour out upon you always, some of my richest blessings have to be an activity sought. I love to reveal myself to you 
and your seeking heart opens you up to receive more of my disclosure. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. I just love this passage because it is so much like my life. I hope I have a long time to spend to continue to share God's Word and my music and watch Olivia and Luke continue with their careers. But, you know, my my best advice to anybody out there in this world is maybe go ahead and pick up a copy of Jesus Calling. And, and even if you don't have much time, like I don't in a day, takes five minutes. Maybe when you're having a cup of coffee or just as this passage said, go find a little quiet space just for a few minutes and be quiet. And even if you don't read Jesus Calling, maybe have a word with him. It's amazing what that can do for you in the rest of your day. To learn more about Joni Harms, please visit JoniHarms.com. And be sure to check out her songs on your favorite music streaming platform. Stay tuned to Jennifer Allwood's story after a brief message. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. Many of us want to develop a deeper prayer life. In this new 365-day devotional, Jesus Listens, Sarah Young offers daily prayers based on Scripture that will help you experience how intentional prayer can connect you to God and change your heart. Learn more about Jesus Listens and download a free sample at JesusCalling.com slash Jesus Listens. Our next guest is entrepreneur, coach, speaker, and author Jennifer Allwood, a mom of four who launched a painting company called The Magic Brush in 2000 before transferring into an online business that did tutorials, giving her more time for her family and her home decor blog. Now, Jennifer teaches women how to build an online presence and is passionate about building businesses that honor faith and family while combating the burnout that sometimes comes from trying to do it all, which she shares in her new book, Fear Is Not the Boss of You. Something that I have struggled with all my life is what a lot of church people call a vain imagination. So if there's a phone call in the middle of the night, my brain is automatically going to, you know, who passed away. If getting ready to go on vacation, it's do we have our life insurance policies all put into place. I can remember one time several years ago when the three biological kiddos were small. 
I was cranky, quite frankly, just not feeling like I was in a good place. I remember for so long, I knew that I was supposed to stay home and raise the kids, but I felt conflicted because I really, I loved my business. And when I was doing the business, I wanted to be home with the kids. And when I was at home with the kids, I wanted to be doing the business and, and just feeling like I was having to really kind of put the brakes on a business that had the potential to explode. Um, and even though I knew I was doing what God asked me to do, it didn't necessarily mean that I liked it or that it was very comfortable. And so I felt like I was not probably in a very good place mentally. You know, I think God did give us a fear of things like staring into the face of a lion, fear of getting too close to the edge of a cliff. But a lot of the women that I deal with, especially in coaching, like they're afraid of things like sending a hard email, making a hard phone call, applying for a job that they wish that they could do, moving across the country when they don't really have a job already lined up. And if the worst thing that I'm imagining was to happen, would I still be okay? What would I still have left? And so if I kind of go through those exercises, it really, really helps me to determine if what I'm actually most fearful about is actually valid, or if it's me just making it worse than what it actually really is. As we wrap our time with Jennifer, she shares the story of how she first became familiar with Jesus calling and the impact that it's had on her faith life. It looked like small enough for me to consume daily. And when you have a lot of small children, (laughs) you know, that's kind of key. And so I remember just picking it up simply because she had it. And so I love having it on my end table where I have my quiet time with my husband every morning. And I have three or four things, obviously the Bible being one of them, sitting right there. And so, yeah, it's something I read on a regular basis. I actually found on June 7th, and I think we can interchange the word like worry for fear in here, because this is what it says. It says, my children to accept worry or fear as an inescapable fact of life. However, worry is a form of unbelief. It is anathema to me. Who is in charge of your life? If it is you, then you have good reason to worry. But since I am in charge, worry is both unnecessary and counterproductive. When you start to feel anxious about something, relinquish the situation to me. Back off a bit, redirecting your focus to me. I will either take care of the problem myself or show you how to handle it. And I have that page like earmarked and I love that. So, you know, in terms of my book, Fear is Not the Boss of You, I wrote that for any woman who is scared, overwhelmed, or just who feels completely stuck. And I know that I've been all three at different times and all three at the same time. And there's different seasons, I think, for different things. But my hope is that a woman will read this and she'll feel like she has options and that she'll feel like she doesn't have to stay stuck. She doesn't have to stay overwhelmed. She doesn't have to stay doing something for fear of doing something else. And so my hope is that she would pick it up and it would give her permission to really fight for her life. Sometimes even like literally fight for her life. And so my hope is that it would just be a blessing to any woman who picks it up and turn them towards Jesus. To learn more about Jennifer and her work, please visit jenniferallwood.com and be sure to check out her book, Fear is Not the Boss of You, wherever books are sold. If you'd like to hear more stories about facing fear and following your heart, check out our interview with Misha Paris. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we hear from author Anne Lamott, who shares about positivity and how faith can carry you through the hardest parts of life. I remember making that leap of faith of thinking, if I don't decide for God, I'm so doomed anyway. The world is harsh and 
ugly and isolating and shaming and competitive and and I did and I didn't know what that meant I didn't have a clue what it meant but I made the leap of faith I thought I thought well we'll figure it out as we go and that's what I did but I, that was the day my healing began Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Jesus Calling Book, on Facebook, and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.